well. We're going we're gonna to get started just a little bit early, um, and that's okay. Um, on behalf of the Hunt family, we would like to uh, welcome you here for the celebration of life, our brother Stephen. Um, those of you that know him, uh, he impacted your life, because I know, because he impacted mine. Um, Stephen taught me a lot. Uh, he would call me, and I could tell by the way he would, when I would answer the phone and say, hello, if he said, Jerry, I know we were good. If he was something that he wanted to talk to me about that was serious, he said, preacher, we need to talk. And we would talk, or we would meet and talk, and uh, uh, he was a unique individual, probably the most humble person that you would ever want to meet, um, probably the most caring person that you would ever want to meet. Had a heart uh, the size of... Gosh, the whole state of North Carolina. I mean, he had a big heart. If he could help you, he would. Uh, but you couldn't help him because he would never let you know. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was private. Uh, I used to get on to him because he would say, I'd do it. So I said, well, why didn't you tell me? I'd come help. Ah, uh, you got things to do, you know. Uh, but with that said, uh, and I didn't realize it until just a while ago that... Uh, Stephen was born on my mother's birthday, March the 18th. Uh, the only difference was, was when he was born in 1979, I was in Panama, and he was just a little baby, or just being brought into this world. Uh, but with that being said, uh, you know, Stephen said, and reminded me on a lot of occasions, he said, uh, Preacher, can't do anything without first praying. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to open up in a prayer, and then uh, I'm going to do my absolute best to remain composed and deliver a message that all of us can hopefully gravitate to. But the other thing is, is this a message that I know he would have wanted preached. And so uh, with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the mercy and the blessings and the grace that you give us. Lord, we thank you for our brother Stephen. Lord, I know that today he's never been more alive than he is now. He's with you. Lord, and uh, we know that we don't understand your timing, we don't understand your words, and we don't understand your plans. But Lord, I ask that while we're here, that you would touch every heart, that you would give us the ability to grieve with those that have hope. We're not like the others who don't have hope. Lord, we know where Brother Stephen is. We know where to find him. We just all conveniently could not go at the same time. Lord, I ask you to uh, wrap your arms around everyone that is here and especially Kathy and the family and Billy and just wrap your arms around them. Draw them close. 
Lord, let them feel your presence. You're the only one who can heal a broken heart. You're the only one who can console the grieving. You're the only one, Lord. And today we're asking you to, to do that. We're asking you to console this family, console his church family, console his, his extended family. Lord, all the folks that, that Stephen touched in his sphere of influence. Lord, we ask that you give us the ability to, to follow the example that Stephen set in humility and love for his brother. You know, you tell us in your word, Lord, that they will know you're a mind by your love. Everyone that met Stephen knew he was yours, Lord. Without a shadow of a doubt, they knew that he belonged to you and you alone. Lord, I love you and I ask us to just let your spirit fill this place. And when we depart here and, and head home, Lord, protect each one of us. Follow us with your spirit into our homes and kindle the fires that may have been dull because we've got caught up in life rather than focus upon, focusing on you. Lord, we love you. You've done so much for us, so much we take for granted. Lord, I love you. And I ask this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Um, if you have your Bibles or want a Bible or want to, uh, they're in the pews if you want to follow me um, I'm going to be reading from the 7th chapter of Mark and uh, I'm going to focus on verse 37 but I'm going to start in 31 and, and read the last depending on how the Bible that you have is divided out uh, some may say uh, he did all things well. Some may say Jesus healed a, a, a deaf mute. And I'll get through all this. I'm reading the whole end of this little paragraph thing here uh, to make and focus on the last verse. Uh, and so it says, Jesus heals a deaf mute. In verse 31 it says, Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, uh, he came through the midst of the region of Decropolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. And up to heaven, he sighed and he said to him, that is, be open. He said, Epatha. That is, that means be open. And immediately his ears were opened. And the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should not tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more wildly they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. 
Lord, I ask you to open this scripture up to us. I pray, God, that you will give us the ability to, to honor Brother Stephen with this. Lord, I ask that you would allow me to decrease, Lord, you, you as we celebrate the life of our Brother Stephen. Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Think about this. He does all things well. You know, in these sad moments, uh, and that's where we're at, you know, we're left wondering and we're feeling, you know, lost and some of us are feeling devastated and, and we have many questions. And that's normal. But the biggest one is why? And we as Christians, a lot of us have been taught, oh, I don't need to ask why. You know, but yes, we do. We are normal human beings. Even though we have the, the Spirit of God in us, we are allowed to ask why. Why? And so, this old hymn that I heard a long time ago, um, I'm going to read a part of it. It kind of comes to mind. And I didn't know exactly when it was going to come in here, but it had been on my mind all week. It says, In heavenly love abiding, no change my heart shall fear. And safe in such confiding, for nothing changes here. The storm may roar without me, my heart may low and be laid. But God is round about me, and can I be dismayed? Wherever he may guide me, no want shall turn me back. My shepherd is beside me, and nothing can I lack. His wisdom ever walking or waking, his sight is never dim. He knows the way he's taking, and I will walk with him. That's Stephen. That's Stephen. He never wavered. From the time I met him, he never wavered. In fact, there was times that I had doubt and he was my rock. I would call him, I said, Stephen, I'm struggling, brother. And most of the times when Stephen would call me and say, preacher, I was struggling with the same thing that he was calling me about. And that's what made his and my relationship so, so tight. It was like God put him here. For he and I both. And I used to pick at him. You know, Stephen is, is a funny person. If you know him, he had a great sense of humor. Uh, and and he, will, he will make you laugh. That you have tears coming out your eyes. And we used to talk about this very moment right here. What we're doing tonight. And he said, oh, pastor, I'll be there. I said, nah, uh-uh. I said, Stephen, you're going to live to be 100, and I'm going to be a Paul Bear at your funeral. I'm 65. <laughs> and he would laugh. He said, well, that works for me, and we're going about our business. See, that phrase, he knows the way he's taken us, is the basis for all my remarks today. He knows the way he's taking us and what he's doing. He doesn't make mistakes. Think about this. God Almighty does not make mistakes. You look across human history and back to when he created the world. There's been no mistake made. None. The only mistakes that were made was by us, his creation. The creator made no mistake. And 
And especially when we come to a time like this and the magnitude of this, it is not a mistake. God knows what he's doing. For some reason, we like to think that somehow at this very moment, God blinked. He did not. He knew exactly what he was doing and why he was doing it. We, however, are left to wonder. We are sitting here and, and been for a while trying to figure out what this is all about. I can tell you, it's about God's plan. It's not ours. It's not our plan. It's his. He does all things well. We don't always understand him. We don't always get to see what he's doing. We can ask questions. See, he has purposes to which we're not always privy to. Think about the way life has been going. There's things that goes on around here and God doesn't tell us what he's doing. And there's some things that happen that we may never know until we reach glory and be in the moment of fulfillment. All of this will be made clear to us. And then again, it may be something that's so insignificant we really won't care. Because we're in the presence of perfection who has the perfect plan. We're in the presence of God who knows all, has the numbers of our days in his hand. See, A.W. Tozer once wrote, To the child of God there is no such thing as an accident. He, tra he travels in a pointed way. Accidents may indeed appear to befall him and misfortune stalk his way. But these evils will be so in appearance only and will seem, uh, and will seem evils only because we cannot read the secret script hidden in God's providence. We don't get to see the whole picture. We don't get to see the whole picture. And we can't discover the ends to which this means until we get there. The man of true faith may live in absolute assurance that his steps are ordered by the Lord. Brother Stephen, every step was ordered by the Lord. Even when we doubt, even when we backslide a little bit, I, he knows it. And his steps have us ordered. There's hedges out there that bump us and bring us back. He does all things well. And he asks us to trust him. In a time like this, do we trust him? Do we truly trust him? See, it's normal, however, for us to occasionally ask why. I have asked why. I've been on my knees asking why. I've been woke up in the middle of the night. Since September the 11th, I've not had a whole night's sleep asking God why. So God may not always give us our answers to why. But there's questions and he listens, he hears them. Think about this. Think about I'm going to name seven people in the Bible that questioned God. Moses asked, Lord, why have you brought this trouble to these people? Gideon asked, why then has all this happened to us? 
Naomi said, I went out full. And the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why? Nehemiah asked, why is the house of God forsaken? Job said, why have you set a target on me? David said, Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? And Jeremiah asked, why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable? All of these are legitimate whys. We ask why. And it's okay. But here, I'm going to read to you the greatest why that was ever asked in Scripture. The greatest why in the Bible was uttered by our Lord Jesus Christ. He was on the cross and he said, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? And there is something about that why that swallows up all of our whys. See, because Jesus gave himself on the cross, we can trust him to have answers to all of our whys. 